0: Well, how are we all doing? In 25 words or less. Okay, Very good. Well, we're going to continue today with our series on set apart. You know, when you look at that word, there's so much you can think about. And I know the first time I spoke on this a couple of weeks ago, I spoke about being set apart, that you are chosen by God, which is true. God has chosen you and how that makes you feel when God picked you. He picked you. He picked you picture. Well, I want to talk from a different avenue today and uh, about what that means for us. You know, if you ever look back at photos, every so often we flick photos out of, and we find one in our drawer and go, oh, I remember that. Some of them you don't want to remember. <laughs> Some of them are so shocking. You, you see the styles you're wearing, uh, the hairstyle you're wearing back in the 80s or even older if you're older. You see the clothes you're wearing, and you go, my goodness me, what was I thinking? I used to have this, when I was 12, I I remember my mum knitting me a jumper. Now, who likes mum's knitted jumpers? (laughs) I must confess, I didn't. (laughs) But I had no option, uh, because that's all that was on offer for me. And I always remember this purple jumper. I thought it was pretty flash. This is like in the 70s, and uh, yeah, pretty cool, purple jumper. I thought it was so impressive, you know, that's perhaps one of the reasons why this 12-year-old uh, at school slipped, Lee, slipped this little note to me and says, I like you, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, would you like to go to the community dance with me? Now, that's unheard of now, I don't even know what those things are, but, uh, and I went, okay, okay, it's cool, I know where I'm going to wear tonight, my purple jumper, <laughs> that's a little impressive. <laughs> Soon found out it did and That was the last time I saw it. <laughs> but it's moments like that you look back in time and you go, what was I thinking? Things can only get better. You know, I'm never going back there. You know, there's those sort of statements you make. I'm never going back there. Mm-hmm. Defining moments in a life where we make changes, though. You know, you leave the past behind to move into something better. And that's what we've always got to be walk, walking into and working towards, is something better. When we receive Christ, there is a transformation that takes us takes place where we leave the old behind and receive the new. We remember the past but no longer live in it, or at least we shouldn't. The past is a reminder of where we've come from. And when we're in Christ, it's like a reminder of where God has saved you from. I still remember those days where God took me from. And that's where it's good to have a memory because sometimes you forget and you take God for granted. You just think all this happened just by chance. But it's it's those defining moments when you look back and go, wow, wow, where was I then? I was lost. I remember being in that position, uh, like 16, 17-year-old in England. And uh, in England, all they do is just go to the pub and nightclubs. And that was very much my lifestyle back then. But it was not fulfilling. It was like, there's got to be more. There's got to be more than this. And then when you have that encounter, when you hear the voice of God speak to you and uh, direct you, you go, wow, this is what I've been missing. It's something like a connection. That hole in your heart is suddenly just filled, a void. You've tried to fill it with everything else. You know, I was out like clubbing three, four times a week. Can you imagine that? Back in the disco days, John Travolta. (laughs) Uh, We should dress a bit like that. It's quite hilarious, actually. (laughs) Uh, And then people try to take it up a few steps and they brought in the roller skates Yeah, you and know, the disco. <laughs> Kill yourself. But anyway, but, uh, you know, the past is the past and we need to focus on the future, what God is doing for us in the future. He has set us apart for such a time as this. Set us apart to look forward. If you're driving a car, it's important you keep your eyes on the road forward in the front windscreen, not looking in the rear of the vision mirror. And, you know, Because what is before you is what is important. Uh, Your destiny lies ahead of you, not in the past. And when we look too much to the past all the time, you know, I I hear a lot. um, I visit my mom. My mom's getting on a bit in age now, and uh, she remembers the good old days, you know. And uh, she remembers it so well, she reminds me of it every time I meet her. And even sometimes several times during the day when I'm with her uh, of the same story. Oh, when I was young, we used to do this. I said, yes, mum, you told me about an hour ago. Uh, and we used to and let me tell you else what you did. I know what else you did, because you told me before. Uh, but the thing is, there's those things that lock with you, those memories and those thoughts. And some are good and some are bad. But God doesn't want you to stay there. He wants you to remind you of where he's rescued you from and where he's taken you. God has set you apart to live a holy and acceptable life unto him. The Apostle Paul, we find the Apostle Paul having an incredible journey being a Roman soldier and there he is out looking for Christians to put them to death basically. And he has an encounter with God. That encounter changed him. And you'll see in his writings, he's forever talking about those encounters, those changes in his life. He calls himself chief of all sinners. He remembers where he came from. He remembers what that was like and what God saved him from and where he is now. And look what he went on to do all the books of the New Testament, just about 14 of them, I think it is, uh, he wrote. And uh, incredible. Changed lives, transformed lives because his life was transformed. He understood what he was set apart for. He was set apart for the purposes of God, for the kingdom of God. And guess what? You and I are too. Each one of us, God is called to be set apart. We need to look forward, look ahead in life. You know, Paul Mentions in Ephesians 4:22, and we're going to read that this morning uh, about that change that needs to take place in our lives. If we're going to be set apart and live for God, live holy, then something needs to be changed in each one of us. So, if you've got your Bibles with you this morning, and I hope you have Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, reading through to 4:24. It says, "For you ought to put off the old man according to the way of living before." Now, this is not a reference to your father the old man this is a reference to your old self okay just to make that clear uh who is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and you should put on a new man who according to god was created in righteousness and true holiness let me just pray this morning before i get started heavenly father i thank you this morning for your truth we thank you that you saved a wretch like us we thank you god for where we are now. We thank you, God, that you love us, that you're with us, that you care for us, that, God, you have a purpose for us. And, Father, as we realize that, as our eyes open up to that and we step into that, we know our life is going to be incredible. God, you have a great uh, life ahead for us. So, Father, I pray today as we read your word that you'll speak to us all out of that, that you'll challenge us all out of that, your name be glorified through that. We ask this right now in Jesus' mighty name. And all the people said, Amen. Set apart. You know, it means in Ephesians 4.22, it says, For you ought to put off the old man. It's your decision. It says here it's a decision. You ought to. It doesn't say you will like a command. It says you ought to. Here's Paul talking from his own experience, knowing this is the only way to go. You ought to put off that old thing that I once carried. You ought to. You can't live for God if you're living for the world. If you're going to set... Sorry, if we're going to set our lives apart for God, we need to change. Now, who likes to change this morning? Nobody likes to change. Everyone goes, change? (laughs) Change? I'm quite happy with the way I am. Well, you're only happy when you way you are is when you think that is the best offer or the best thing that there is. But there isn't. There's more always in God. Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service. We're called to present our bodies. This is about the holy living. This is about being set apart to God. You know, some of us just think, well, God chose me, and that's great. And That's all I need to do now. I've been chosen. I'm all good. What's the point of being chosen if you don't go any further? It's like, you know, you hear uh, all these contracts going on in the sport world. You know, someone from the Adelaide 36 has just been signed up. They've been chosen for the team. Well, that's great, but what if they don't turn up to play the game? It's pointless, and they certainly won't get paid for it either. Um, But it says, for you ought to put off the old man what does this old person, this old self look like that we need to put off? Because it's quite easy to make a statement. You need to, Paul's saying you ought to put off your old self. But like, what what does that look like? It's referring here to the fleshly self. Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 says this through to 21. Now the works of the flesh are clearly revealed, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lustfulness, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, fightings, jealousies, angers, rivalries, divisions, heresies, envies, uh, murders, i will probably made some of these words up, <laughs> drunkenness, revelance, and things like these, of which I tell you before, as I've also said before, that they who do such things shall not hear, inherit the kingdom of God. So these are the things that we once walked in and we no longer should walk in sure we can stumble and fall sometimes and make those mistakes but God has called us to rise to a whole new level it's called holiness it's called being set apart for his purposes you know we all like the ticket to heaven we all like to know that we've we've had a, an experience with God a salvation call we've responded to and all that but it doesn't finish there because the bible tells us we must work out our our salvation with fear and trembling that means daily we're working on doing the right thing. Daily we're putting to death the old self, so the new self will come forward. Romans 6:6 says, "Knowing that, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, in order that the body of sin might be destroyed, that from now on we should not serve sin." Our body of sin needs to be put to death. All those things that are listed, and I reckon if you could go through that list, and you could probably tick off a few things and, uh, and say, no, I've got to work on that. That's, that's not me and whatever. Because the important thing, important thing of that whole verse, when it lists all these things of the flesh, it finishes with this verse It says, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I'm sure everyone here wants to be part of the kingdom of God. You'd be crazy to say, no, nah, no, nah, not for me. You know, uh, now nah, nah, I've got something else in mind. Well, there is only one other place. and You don't want to be there, I can tell you. And uh, <laughs> we will not inherit the kingdom of God. So that means there's work to be done. If we're going to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, if we're going to live the holy life that God has called us to, that requires change in us. That requires focus on us to live that life. It means we've got changes to make in our life. We cannot just go on living like we used to. Uh, Like I said, because we've given um, our life to Jesus means you've given your life to Jesus. It doesn't mean just like, I give my life to Jesus and I'm just go do whatever I want. Never said that. Never said that. It, it, It says that I give my life to Jesus. That means it's no longer my life. It's His to do what He wants for His purpose. We are set apart, made holy by the blood of Jesus. You see, it took a sacrifice that we could even get into this position of uh, being set apart, being made holy. Our old sinful nature is crucified so we can live a holy life. If we continue to live our old lifestyle, you open the door to sin. So many people, I find, have struggles in their life and it's because they keep opening up doors that were shut when they received Christ. They keep returning back to sin because it says the, the um, spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, you get those voices, oh, come on, it's all right. You can do it one more time. God's not going to worry about it. He's fine. He knows you've got weaknesses, you know, and, and it's so scary where that place can take you. I mean, recently we all know of Ravi Savarakis, who uh, he passed away, but he was a great apologetic, but we found out a lot more about his lifestyle. And it's very scary to see how he started justifying his wrong living, his style of wrong living. He started justifying, like, oh, God would understand I work hard. And he was doing some immoral stuff. And uh, he, people do that. We kind of have this deal where we justify things. We think, oh, if we can make up a good story about it, God will go with it. Uh, no, 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 that's not how it works. God doesn't go with that. God's word is truth, and God's word remains true. You cannot change it. You see, the whole of our former life was corrupt. We were. We just didn't know what was right, which way is up, and, and whatever. But in Christ, we've been made a new creation. We, there's a whole different deal going on within us. God's call sets us apart where sin's call pulls us apart. That's the difference. You, if you're walking in right with God... You're set apart, you know, you're walking in a whole new life of holiness, which is for your best. God has always has the best for you. But if you're walking in sin, it will pull you apart, it will destroy you. Sin always leads down that line. Jesus said there are two roads you can uh, walk by. One that is wide, leads to destruction. The other is narrow, leads to life. There are only two roads. You can't make any more up. You can say, no, I'll make my own, cut through here. No, 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 it's one or the other. Sin pulls us apart, God sets us apart. There's a big difference there. But God has set you apart to live differently, to change the way you think. Because it's our thinking that sets us up for our failures. You know, you often sit there and just thinking. I know us guys have an ability not to think at all, apparently. Uh, (laughs) uh, Apparently, we, we have our nothing box, you know. Women, women are always thinking, always connecting things. They've proven this in the brain of a female compared to the male. Females got all this super highway connections going on. And uh, like uh, they, they may be at work and they're thinking about the kids. They, they're they thinking about the, what they're going to cook tonight. And it's all go, 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 go. They can't get out of it. And they go to bed and they're still thinking about tomorrow. We're going to get the kids out of bed. And us guys come home from work and whoop, we're shut down. And it's like... Uh, you're just sitting there. And my wife would go, oh, so how was your day? Yeah, right. Is that what you're going to say? Well, what happened? What, what are you thinking right now? Nothing. What do you mean nothing? <laughs> I'm not thinking of anything. Well, I am now because you're making me think of something. But, <laughs> but we have an, an ability to think things. And as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So we create things, create thoughts in our head, and we start justifying things. And that's why we have to put our old self to death, because our old self is always working on the flesh. It says in Ephesians four twenty-three. In this verse, it says, it tell, "Paul tells us to be renewed in the spirit of our mind." Now, that word "renewed" from the original Greek word is more than just renewed. It's it's a word "renovate." Now, who likes renovation shows? Yeah, I do. I love. It. I write that. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I justify to buy new hammers and tools and things. <laughs> I said, oh, Sharon goes, yeah, we need some of that. Yeah, well, I need a good saw to do that. You know, I need to uh, yeah. <laughs> collect my tools, uh, big boys' toys. And, um, but, uh, you know, when you do a renovation show, you see them doing a bathroom. You know, when they, especially on the old houses, you know, they, they rip everything out, don't they? Oh, there goes the, the bathtub, there goes the shower, sink, ripping up all the tiles, big holes in the wall, patching, fixing pipes that are leaking. They, didn't, they don't leave anything. They touch everything and change everything anew. That's what it means to be renovated. It means you're renovating, you're putting everything new. Only then can you rebuild it, like once you ripped everything out, to make it new. And that's what God does for us. He rips everything off us to make us new. Everything. When we receive Christ, it's no longer us that lives, but Christ lives in us. Uh, And you know what? When we rip out all this stuff, we don't keep it anymore. You know, you'll see the big skips outside in these shows. They're throwing it straight in there. We don't go, oh, no, I'll keep that bath. It might come in handy sometime. Oh, that old toilet? Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I never know what I could use that for. <laughs> and we don't keep those things. We chuck them out. And this is what God has wanted for you to do. Those things of the past, he wants you to chuck out. Get rid of them. Stop living there. Don't allow them to be an anchor to your life going forward but allow it to be disconnected. Let God renovate your mind. Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind in order to prove by what is that good and pleasing and perfect will of God. Do not be conformed by this world. This world is constantly in our face through media, through TVs, telling you how to live, what you should do, and whatever. Whatever. And uh, uh, well, we're living in an awkward time right now. As you can see, you can't go anywhere without doing a QR code. They want to know where you are, when you're going there. It's becoming like Nazi Germany, and uh, that control, control, control. But it says, "Do not be conformed to that world, but be renewed by your, by, um, sorry, be transformed by the renewing of your mind." We transform our mind by the word of God. You know, we come into this world with a whole lot of crazy ideas. We grow up and we get influenced by this and that and whatever. But when we read the word of God, it realigns us to truth. It realigns us to the way we were called to be. It changes us. That's why it transforms us. And that's the word we need. When I'm, I, I tell you, you know, you start reading the word and you'll get convicted. And you go, ooh, I ah, got that one wrong, didn't I? Uh, <laughs> I need to practice that or stop doing that. And... Because God's word corrects us, teaches us. That's why it says in Colossians 3:2, be mindful of things above, not on things on the earth. Remember, this world is in a lost state. That's why Jesus came to say, seek and save that which was lost. If this world is lost, why then are we getting directions from them? They're lost. You don't go to somebody that has no idea. If you pull over in a car and you're lost in a suburb, and you know you don't go to somebody that uh, is also lost. If, you, if he comes up to you and you know he says, "I'm looking for the main shops," and you go, "Well, so am I. Can you help me?" Well, I can not because I'm looking for it too. Uh, <laughs> you don't ask a lost person for directions, but yet we find people have a tendency to do that. I don't know why. Don't know why. Anyway, we're set apart to a new way of living. Ephesians 4.24 says, And you should put on the new man, all right, or woman, <laughs> uh, who according to God was created in righteousness and true holiness. That's got a great feel, hasn't it? Something new. I love something new. I love the feeling of new things. Sharon, Sharon sometimes has booked us times away and uh, Airbnb, whatever. And we went to this place and I didn't like it because it wasn't new. <laughs> it was like musty smell. You know, it's like oh, I couldn't sort of sleep in this bed. It's, oh, <laughs> but there's a feel of newness when there's something new. It's like yes, fresh sheets, yes, <laughs> new bath towels, and yes, it's all. It, it gives you a good feeling. But that's the feeling God wants you to give to you a freshness in your life, a newness when we step into the things of Him. That is putting on the new man, the new man. I remember Ray Andrews saying years ago. Uh, he said, God is not trying to change you. He wants to replace you. The new man is Christ in you. The new man is Christ in you. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, so that if anyone is in Christ, that one is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all, new, all things have become new. You are now a saint. You know, we, this is where the Catholic Church gets wrong. You know, you must do a few miracles. In the Catholic Church to become a saint. Well, you find me a scripture that says that. It doesn't say that. In fact, in the word for saint is the same word used for holy. Translated holy in the New Testament it was hagios. Hagios means to be set apart, to be holy, saint. So you are, if you're a believer in Christ, you are a saint. I'm Saint Ian, <laughs> and uh, and you're. Saint Michael, <laughs> Saint Leanne. And, uh, you know, so, but that whole meaning, saint, is that you are set apart. You, you are holy before God. And that, that's the purpose of that word. Psalm 4.3 says, but know that Jehovah has set apart the godly for himself. So you, as godly ones, believers, have been set apart for his purpose, for him. He set you apart. He goes, oh, she's mine. Chloe's mine. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and so forth. <laughs> I just got a mental block of your names down there. <laughs> there, hey, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> that person sitting next to you, which is Georgina, and uh, <laughs> Amen. Okay, <laughs> For God. So know that Jehovah has set apart the godly for Himself. It's like when we get married. We set our self aside for our partner for life. You know that's the whole deal of marriage. You know some people go, oh, you know we just had this conversation yesterday. What do I need to get married? It's only a piece of paper. Well, it's more than a piece of paper. It's a commitment. It's telling others that this person belongs to me. So hands off. You know it's like this person is mine. We are dedicated to each other. It's to tell the world. It's everything like that. The wedding ring symbolizes that. You know, and uh, it's like, well, taken, taken. Yep, it's taken. You know, you go to the parties, up your hand, yeah, don't touch me. <laughs> Nothing to see here, keep moving. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, I never realized how important this thing was to my wife because I, be, I used to be a motor mechanic and I used to have to take it off because, you know, I had this horrible story of a friend of mine. He got his weld in and a bit of hot metal flung and stuck to his ring and burned a big hole in his finger. So that's my excuse for taking it off. And uh, she goes, where's your ring? Where's the ring? Sorry, I'll, I'll, I've got it somewhere. and uh, But I do put it on now. It doesn't come off. I don't know. I can't get it off anymore. <laughs> i probably need one of those tools I was talking about earlier, an angle grinder or something to get it off. But uh, it's all good. But the wedding ring symbolizes that you are set apart for your partner. So this says I'm set apart for Sharon. You know, she'd probably add a few more things. That it means it's are set apart to do the dishes sometimes and <laughs> other things. But uh, it, it's, it's certainly a symbol, right? It's a symbol. We're set apart for something. And we do our wedding vows to say those very things, you know, when we go through wedding vows or whatever. See, as a believer, a saint, we are set apart to live for God. The demonstration of this relationship is shown through the priority to God. So what, how we live for God is shown that we're set apart for Him. So you cannot be the same anymore. You know, I, I hope. Well, I know people have said that of me that know me for years. Go, wow! Who would have ever thought you'd be a pastor? And I go, well, I thought the same too. But uh, uh, you know, you've so you've so changed. Have you heard those words said to you? Wow, my goodness, you're different. Oh, look what you're doing now with yourself. Oh, it's amazing. You know, that that is the change that takes place. I'm not talking about like uh, other levels. I'm talking about the change that Christ puts in you. People would see you go, wow, you used to be a grumpy person. But look at you now. Yeah, look at you. Gee, what happened to you? I remember, where's Sophie? <laughs> I remember Sophie as a little girl. Like, she was quite mean back then. Little girl. You would never believe it. She's a lovely girl now. <laughs> because she has been transformed. She has been changed. <laughs> no, I'm talking about a little tacker. She when a little tacker, just push everyone over the cliff and things. And... Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you'd have to talk to my daughters about those stories. But there's, uh, anyway, but there's a transformation, something that people notice about you that's different. But people notice something different about you, like from, where, from years ago, if you haven't met someone for years, they say, bump you, go, wow, whoa, you know? It's like, even in my own family, my sister kind of like, um, you know, you've got like this order in, in your household because I wasn't the eldest, I was the third troublemaker. I think that goes down the line. And, and, uh, and she was the bossy one. You know, the eldest are always. Any eldest here? Bossies? No? Yes. <laughs> and so I lived in a household where my eldest sister was always the control freak. She had the say. She was bigger than me. She pushed it like that, whatever. So you kind of have this comp. Like, so I guess, in, inside, like, oh, yeah, well, she knows more than me. She's better than me, whatever. And, and you sort of live that kind of life like that. But that's where I came from. But now she knows as a pastor, she's asking me to pray for things, asking my opinion on things. And I go, whoa, hang on, I remember the days when we were fighting over the TV and you thought of it under your control. You know, I said, I always remember this one moment where she was like that. The parents would go out on a Wednesday night. So she thought, I've got the TV. And I said one time, no, you haven't. <laughs> yes, I have. I'm watching this. And I, went, I walked up to the TV because we didn't have remotes back then. I walked up to the TV, the old manual way, turned it. And I said, I'm watching what I want tonight. <laughs> and she goes, no, you're not. She pushed it. I just held it by the head. And she's, and I just pushed it to the ground. <laughs> Suddenly the power had changed <laughs> from one place to the other. I'd grown a lot bigger than her, she had no power over me anymore. Amen, but that's another story. But anyway, <laughs> but what I want you to understand today is Galatians 2:20 says, "I have been crucified with Christ; I live yet no longer I, but Christ lives in me. You are a new creation. You are a new person. You've been set apart for a purpose in a time like this. God has called each one of us to walk in to that life, to live that holy life. No longer I that live. When Paul said that, he meant that. He gave up his whole life. And I've seen some of the places I was fortunate enough a couple of years ago to be in three locations where Paul was. He was a busy man. I saw the jail where he was thrown in Rome, went into that jail. My goodness, it was a small little thing. Uh, and then I saw, uh, I went to Corinth, where the Corinthians church was. Saw where he stood there. Then I went to Athens and I saw where he stood there and I thought, my goodness, this man was changed. I mean, I don't know where he get all the energy from because he didn't have an airplane like I did to fly from locations. Um, but you can see in those writings the change that took place in him. And that's why he was able to say, no longer I live. I'm not living for me anymore. Man, I've seen a better way. I've seen something greater than myself. I always knew there was something better, but I didn't know what it was until I found Christ. And that would be the same for you and I today when we really understand what Christ has done for us, and that life in Him, it will transform you. It will change the way you think. It will change the way you live. It will change your priorities. Change my priorities in all sorts of ways. Even financially, as Sharon gave a good message this morning. Financially, like, you know, I wasn't brought up in a family. Just hold on to what you got, you know. Hold on. Don't lose it, you know. Money's precious and all those sort of things. And um, But when I came to Christ, it was like, Release, release. <laughs> it's like hundred-dollar bills. Release, release, <laughs> release. <laughs> but it was kind of—I mean, I didn't have that much money, but it was kind of that, like that feeling where it had no hold on me anymore. But the blessings kept flow, flowed. Sorry, kept flowing. And uh, you know, I'd take the youth group down. We had a youth group, you know, something like a hundred kids, and and. Take them down to the pizza bar. It's on me. The pizza bars are on me. Not the Milky bucket, The pizza bars are on me. And I, I just do this. And it it's like I didn't even think about it. And, you know, my parents go, what are you doing with all your money? You know, oh, no, I'm having a ball here, giving money out. I tell you, there's a great enjoyment of release when you give. And, and, and you set things out. If you're holding on to that, that means you're putting your trust, your security in that thing. I didn't put any security in money. Money is here today gone tomorrow money can change money can just disappear it has lost its value overnight but we got to put our trust this morning in jesus christ he is the same today tomorrow forever he never changes and your life when you give your life to him that'll be the start of your change that'll be the start of your life so this morning i just want you to close your eyes as we come to a close. It's time to put off your old self and put on the new man. The Bible is very clear about this. Lots of passages about living holy for God, giving your life to Him. But this whole life change starts with one decision. And that decision is to follow Jesus Christ. And this morning, you may be here. You know, you may have given your life to Jesus Christ totally understand what I've been talking about. Others, you may have said, well, you know, I did that once in my early days, but I've kind of lapsed in that. Or perhaps this is the first time you've heard of the message that we need to give our life to Jesus Christ. You know what? Is Jesus did everything on the cross for you. He paid the debt for your sin. He gave you hope. He gave you life. It costs them everything, but this morning, all it costs you is that you that you say a prayer, asking Him into your life, asking Him to forgive you of your sins, and then you submit your life to Him. So, I want to ask you in this auditorium this morning: Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Would you like to make him your Lord and Savior this morning if you haven't? It's simply a prayer inviting him into your life, asking for forgiveness of sins, repentance. That's what that means. If that's you this morning in this place, with every head bowed, eye closed, I want to give you an opportunity. I'd love to pray for you that you receive Jesus. If that's you in this place this morning, just raise your hand quickly and put it back down again so I can see that so I know who I'm praying for God is speaking to you right now you'll feel that little tug in the heart perhaps you're just not sure that's okay let's be sure this morning thank you Jesus thank you Jesus The other thing I want to pray for this morning is where you're at right now. You know, I sense there's people in this meeting even right now that are like, well, you know, that's give me some hope. But, you know, I just kind of really need to know where I should be. You know, my life has been a bit of a mess. I've been up and down, up and down. I'm on fire for God then I'm not. Circumstances keep happening to me. I just don't seem to get that breakthrough. Well, I'm telling you, your breakthrough comes when you lift up the name of Jesus in your world, that every day you live for him. I believe God will reveal things to you, show you things as you become hungry for him. When you spend that time with him in that quiet place, when you speak to him daily, he'll start to put things into place problem is we keep putting both hands on the steering wheel of our life rather than letting him drive you need to allow him to drive and you'll see your life will be transformed if you need prayer this morning like that's you saying look i just really need god to speak to me on a few things i don't need to know what those things are but i just want to know that i'm praying for the right people if that's you you need to hear from god amen just put your hand up. You can put it back down again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because that's the start of admitting, hey, I need to hear from you, God. And you know, God hears that cry of the heart when we're honest, when we're open to him. He sees it. He hears everything. My goodness, he's, he's got a, he's a better listening device than Siri. He knows. He knows everything. Father, I pray today for those that may be going through struggles, unsure about where you're leading them, not sure what their purpose is, even though, God, they're a believer, they're not sure. I pray you'll strengthen that relationship in them this morning. I pray, oh God, you make clearly known the pathway that you put before them. I pray that you would speak to them now, even right now in this meeting, that they would hear your voice, knowing that you've never left them or deserted them, that you are with them, but you're waiting for them to reach out to you. For God loves his children. Ask. You do not receive because you do not ask it. Ask. Father says this morning ask of him ask of him and you will see the answer Father I thank you for this day I thank you for your truth I thank you for your word God may we walk into that new life as that new man that new woman that you've called us to be let us be transformed uh, transformed by your word this morning let's be changed Delightness the likeness of Christ. God, I pray you'll be with us as we leave this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen.